Welcome to Taking Back Birth, a podcast for women who know the truth about birth and those who want to explore the path of radical birth love. I'm your host, Marin Green. Taking Back Birth celebrates the power you have to make decisions in alignment with your own truth. Decisions not subject to anyone else's authority. Decisions that create experiences that will change your life. Taking Back Birth is a production of the Indie Birth Private Contract Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Welcome to Podcast Sunday. It's just me here this week. Well, Henna's here at my office with me. Cozy, cozy day. Got some tea. And there's so much to share. I'm not sure what will come out as per usual. I wanted to share a Rumi quote that felt really meaningful to me. Many of them do. (laughs) Most of them are, hence Rumi's name. But I wanted to share just a smidgen of one of them because I opened the book to it this morning. And I think it will go along with this podcast and this idea of being uniquely you, which I think, I think that's what I'm going to talk about today. So it's from one of his poems, and of course, this is the translation in English called Every Moment. And I'm only reading the first couple of lines, even though the whole thing is really wonderful. Well, I guess I could read the whole thing. Let me read the whole thing. It won't take but a minute. Every moment, a voice out of this world calls on our soul to wake up and rise. This soul of ours is like a flame with more smoke than light, blackening our vision, letting no light through. Lessen the smoke and more light brightens your house, the house you dwell in now and the abode you'll eventually move to. Now, my precious soul, how long are you going to waste yourself in this wandering journey? Can't you hear the voice? Can't you use your swifter wings and answer the call? Isn't that amazing? Gosh, to have been roomy, huh? so powerful and so feeling all of this today so sharing some of where I'm at and hopefully some kind of morph into birth work talk about how to really live your truth the world is truly calling for it right now side note I think I want part of this poem as a tattoo possibly possibly so if you're an artist out there you have some ideas I think I would just do the first verse. So every moment a voice out of this world calls on our soul to wake up and rise. I love that. I would totally put that on my body, but I already have some words on my body. So I don't want to like overword myself (laughs) and it would need to be in some kind of creative design, I would imagine. And I'm not the most visually creative person. So if anybody out there wants to be hired for that, let me know. I'd love to get a new tattoo design going. Amelia and I talked about it last week. We're kind of in the market for doing that together. Although at this rate, it won't be till next year. So no rush. But thank you, Rumi. Thank you for sharing that wisdom with us today. I think it goes along just so perfectly with everything that's bubbling up for me, which has become this podcast in a lot of ways. And I really appreciate the support and the feedback for those of you that that is feeling helpful and meaningful for, because certainly it's not taking back birth all the time. It's a lot of life stuff, 
But again, I think the world is asking for it from me and from you. So first, leading into a piece of the puzzle is a new offering that Margot and I will host here in Berea, Kentucky in February. I believe it's February 5th and 6th. And it's going to be an in-person, can you believe it? Come hang out with us. Come sit in this very office that I am recording from. Come hang out with us and retreat. Retreat with women of all different ages. Anyone 16 and up is welcome. We really, really hope there are some teenagers. We really, really hope there are some elders. We need all of the stages of womankind to love each other this weekend that we're planning. Uh, This is not a birth event, so maybe that will entice more of you. Uh, Maybe it won't entice others of you, and that's fine. But Margo and I both have been drawn lately to expansion. So birth is so important. It will continue to be in all the ways, but it's just a little piece of what's available to all of us as women, and certainly Margot and I are no different. We have so many other things that we're interested in, but they all revolve around this common theme of living your truth, being in your power. And so we're calling this a Magical Women Weekend Retreat. You can find details at IndieBirth.org forward slash retreat. Super easy. And check it out. See if you'd like to come hang with us that weekend and check out the description and list of offerings that we will be hoping you'll receive if you come do this with us. Um, Everything from magical skills to breath work to hopefully getting out in nature on the land with some other women that can show us around, um, connecting with nature in all of the ways. It's really, our hope is, an opportunity for you to connect with your deeper wisdom and have the support of Margot and myself and the other amazing women and really make it a weekend that we all remember, that we all draw so much inspiration and comfort and nurturing from. That is the plan. So attendance is limited to 15 women. We think that will make a not too small, not too large group. And we're going to talk about all kinds of things there. I'm sure a lot of topics that I've covered here on the podcast and, you know, going deeper and each of us doing our individual work during that weekend, of course, with the support of other women, because sitting in a circle is truly powerful. And I think you know that. Um, On that note, another plug as usual for the Monday Moon Circle, which was called Monday, um, you know, Midwife Monday. That was the former name. Now it's Moon Circle for all of these same reasons, just because birth is not everything. Uh, And we've given so much time and hours, right? I think I have like 200 hours of podcasts on birth. Um, And I'll continue to talk about birth. But again, just another way of showing that we are expanding. We are personally expanding and Indie Birth is expanding to reach more women that are truly, truly invested in their authentic selves. 
So come hang out with me on Moon Circle Monday. It's free. It's on YouTube. It's live. It's at 3 p.m. Eastern time. If you miss it, you're welcome to watch the recording. That might be fun too. But certainly hanging out live, I think, has its benefits. And the address for that is indiebirth.org forward slash live. So super simple. And yeah, all of this is happening concurrently, right? And in perfect, perfect synchronization with everything, with the world, with what I've been going through and sharing with you here, um, which is a return to self in an even deeper way. I think certainly many of you would agree if you've experienced pregnancy and birth, right? That is a transformation. It is a return to self. It is um, a destruction of self. You know, it's a deepening of self. It's all of these things. And so, um, you know, then we're left with like where to go from here. And so whether or not you've birthed, I think there's still a where to go from here when you realize that, wow, the world is really fucked up right now. And it's easy for all of us, self-included, to fall into some unconscious patterns around how we view ourselves. Hmm, that's so interesting, isn't it? I think it is because continuation of topics here. If you've been following, I've been working on my vision. So can you believe it's been, I think a month, I can't believe it in a way, time flies, but it's been a month since I put any contacts onto my eyes. Yes, I've worn my glasses a handful of times to drive around, Uh, didn't to get here to my office today. I mostly don't around town. So really, I'm not wearing any corrective lenses at all. And I'm not getting headaches and I really have forgotten most times. Um, I've forgotten the routine that I had for, let's see, how many years? I mean, 25 years of getting up in the morning and the first thing being put on your contacts, you know, wash your hands, put on your contacts. Last thing before bed, take your contacts out. That was a religion, right? And here I am not doing that. And already I've forgotten, like that's how trainable we are in the best ways. Um, That's how easily we really can go to new routines. It was challenging in the beginning. So that's where, you know, I think people out there say, right, like to set a new routine, it takes X number of days. And I don't remember how many that is, but uh, enough to get over that hump of like, oh, this is new and this is uncomfortable until before you know it, you look back and you're like, oh, oh yeah, I used to do that thing and now I don't. So I don't even notice most often that I am not doing that. Um, I'm definitely still in it. And by that, I mean, my vision is not 2020 from far away. So I've adapted myself in this strange way to the way I can see. So if I had to say it in kind of like, you know, only physical terms, things are blurry far away. But it's like I've accepted that as my vision for now while still working, I think, on the deeper issues, which I definitely want to talk about today, just how we see ourselves and what that vision is. Um, I do think that's where I have more work to do. And I think that's really super exciting. So the rest of the time, if I'm not, you know, looking off into the distance trying to read something, I don't even remember. 
and life at home is fine and taking care of kids. Uh, initially, that was giving me some anxiety. You know, what if I can't see what's happening? And it's a really strange thing, right? Like to have one of your senses be challenged, in my experience, is challenging. Same if you get an ear infection or something, right? And you can't hear very well. It really throws you off to not be receiving information in the way you're used to. So it can certainly set off some anxiety. And so I shared, uh, I definitely went through that, but I feel like I'm through that now. And I certainly wouldn't go back. Like, why would I go back to wearing glasses or contacts? Um, You know, I don't think being at birth is going to be a challenge in that way. Uh, Yes, to get there to get to a birth far away. I'm going to bring my glasses in the car and probably wear them when I don't know where I'm going. Um, But you know, that's just where I'm at. And I'm just accepting that and it's progress. So also part of the conversation is looking at how far we've come with any of the things, right? Any of the things in your life right now that you've been working on, no matter how small they seem, you look back and you realize, oh my gosh, I'm amazing. And how often do you say that to yourself? I know that that is a practice for me because as I want to talk about today, it's so easy to hear the voice of someone else's version of yourself, whether it's the world, your parents, whoever. And that voice can be really loud and rules most people, rules most people into submission around, well, what would they think if I didn't? Or what would they think if I did? Or what if I do this? Most of people's decision making is based on how they are seen by others. So what a cool opportunity I'm getting here to actually work on my literal eyesight and my figurative vision. It really feels like such an amazing gift. And to think a year ago or, you know, whatever, even two months ago, this wasn't on my radar. It was just something that was completely unseen to me. I love that. I love that about being human, right? No matter how far we've come, there are always those things that we don't quite see. And funny enough, we could call them blind spots, another vision reference, but it's true. There's so much that is there for our growth. And when we accept it, then we realize that being in it isn't quite as scary as we thought. And again, we can look back and say, wow, I'm a really, really fantastic human. Look at these differences I'm making for myself. Look at what's important to me and feel good about that for ourselves, not for anybody else. It does feel like there are so many more boundaries and restrictions in the world, right? So that is literal. And again, figurative. People are feeling more restricted. It's hard to go places. Many of you listening can't leave your country, which is just so disgusting. So there's actual boundaries and roadblocks being put up to the physicality, which I talked about a few weeks ago, of being human. So again, we are in our physical forms, I think, as spiritual beings, but we are very physical. So That's a real thing, not being able to leave your country um, or whatever it is right now with your physical body and limitations. That's really true. It's a really, really true and real thing. And then, of course, we have the metaphorical boundaries around our behavior in the world at this time that are put there by 
the powers that be and by our belief systems and the way we grew up as children, our parents and all of that. So you could say that, yes, the world is kind of like tightening its grip on people's freedoms, but also we each have our own way of limiting our own freedom. Like no one else would have to do that for us. It's there. And that acknowledgement to me has felt really important because it puts us in a place of autonomy and ownership of that rather than a victimhood, rather than they are doing this to me. That's why I can't move uh, versus, oh, there are ways that I am restricting my own movement, my own access to myself and why why we do that when we realize that we're doing it. Hmm. So on that note, a sip of tea while I kind of regroup my thoughts. So for me, and maybe some of you, what does it mean to see yourself as you truly are? If we're talking about sight, if we're talking about vision, whether or not you're doing this corrective lens thing alongside me or not, which I know many of you are, so super cool. Uh, even if you're not, just have you thought about this? So I have been thinking about it all week and longer. And this week felt like a more defining moment in, let me see if I can explain this, <clears throat> almost feeling the feelings that go with when I'm seeing myself from another viewpoint. Does that sound crazy? Do you know what I mean? So it's the voice in the head or just your perception of yourself as not only not being good enough, but here's a big one for many of us, not normal. You're not normal. And yes, we can kind of joke about that. And I think there's, you know, a certain level of of truth and, and having pride in that because what is normal? I think most of us, would define normal nowadays as not something we would want to be. So the norm right now is compliance. The norm is poisoning yourself because that's the order. The norm is no resistance. The norm is forgetting that you are a unique soul in the universe Uh, The norm is forgetting that you are not just a physical body, right? Like there's so many belief systems that are normal that many of us don't want to be. But yet I've caught myself this week in particular having this word go through my head, um, even in reference to my children, in a way that is making me reevaluate just how comfortable I am with being outside of that. We went to the chiropractor this week. And if you get Jason's newsletter, you got to read about that. But we took seven kids to the chiropractor. It was great. They're great. They kind of like closed off their office for us. And I won't lie in getting ready to go. You know, we had kids from 12 down to Rumi, who's one. Um, I said to them, and I think I actually used the word normal. I was like, you guys, okay, we're going to go here. It's going to be an office. Um, They've been to the chiropractor before. But in other words, I was telling them to like, hey, you guys, we have to be normal. We have to try to pretend to be 
maybe something we're not. I mean, my instructions weren't even clear. It was so unconscious. And I caught myself in it as like, wait a minute, what am I asking these children to do or be? And I thought, God, that's that's very confusing if you're a child. Um, so anyway, just these words and and how how we kind of throw them around. Oh, dear. I don't know why my computer doesn't charge when I'm in the middle of a podcast. This happened last week. Let me see. Aha, you have to flip the switch. It's a problem in my life. (laughs) Complicated things, and it's always the simplest solution, right? So anyway, I had said this to the kids. Hey, you guys, we have to be normal in there. I caught myself, and I was like, okay, that's not what I mean. And I kind of backtracked, and I said, let me start over. Uh, Can we try to, you know, be respectful of their space? Can we try to, like, keep the noise down so that they can focus on their job, you know, that kind of stuff. That's what I meant. So why did I use the word normal? Why did I mean you can't be yourselves? You must conform because we'll be embarrassed, you know? And, you know, that's the truth sometimes of how we deeply feel as parents, especially when we have a lot of kids and young kids. It's like you kind of grit your teeth when you have to take them places and you have to remind yourself, or I do, hey, it's okay. They're allowed to be them. As long as nobody's getting hurt, this is them. This is how they are. And I'm not going to be embarrassed, you know, because this is how children are. And they're not school kids. They they aren't used to only being uh, only speaking when spoken to and, and raising their hand to do stuff. Right. So they have a different way of being in the world. And it's really great. Like if I'm being honest and I'm giving them credit for being their unique souls, um, they're fine. They're not rude. Uh, They're rarely too loud, especially in public places. Um, And, you know, if they were, it's like, hey, kids, let's quiet down, right? It's not a big deal. But just sharing an example of how it's hard to accept our uniqueness in this world sometimes because We've been so programmed. So I caught myself. I'm sure I'll catch myself again because that's been the pattern, right? Our parents hand down this idea of normal, this idea of conforming. And sometimes, even though we think ourselves to be radical or out of the box, we catch ourselves because we have this insecurity. I do. And so that's what I'm working on. I don't think it's like the most present uh, insecurity, probably, for me, but it is for some people more than others, just depending on their own makeup, their own personality. Um, you know, some women especially are just more quiet and, and that's great and fine. But again, looking at how this plays out for each of us, how concerned are we with being normal? And if I want to take it into birth work, which I can a tiny bit, um, what does this mean as a midwife? You know, what does this mean as a birthing woman? How often are we trying to conform without even realizing instead of seeing ourselves with different eyes? And again, to me, it's a feeling and maybe it's because I'm not wearing these contacts anymore. But like, When I see myself as I truly am, and this might sound like cliche or weird, I don't care. Um, Like it's love, it's emanating love, it's brightness, there's a glow, there's a light, there is no like self-judgment when I see myself in that way. It's absolutely beautiful. And if you're like me, try it. 
but it's the way you often will see other people, which is so ironic. So how can you look at a woman you don't know, right? So this beautiful pregnant woman comes into your office. She's your client. You're getting to know her. You look at her that way as if like you are, you are an angel. You know, you're absolutely beautiful. Look at your light shine. Let's, let's talk, you know, and let me hear about you and everything she says. You're like, wow, you're a fantastic human. Um, But why don't we ever do that to ourselves, right? Because we're taught like, oh, that's your ego. Oh, you just, you know, she thinks she's so great or all of these voices that I've heard and I know you've probably heard. So really taking a step back saying, hey, quiet that voice. That's not me. Maybe that's my mother. You know, maybe that's the mean, the mean kid at school when I was younger, Um, you know, the mean group of girls or, or who knows what it is. Maybe it's Instagram, right? That's why like, All of this bullshit that's there to show people their worth is so destructive because, of course, it doesn't do that. It just makes people sort of feel worse about themselves when they already have no self-appreciation. So, again, looking at yourself with different eyes, feeling it deeply, and congratulating yourself on absolutely everything. (laughs) On getting up today and being alive and feeling great and being healthy Um, congratulating yourself on taking care of your children and keeping your life running. Like these don't have to be monumental things. But the more we build up this feeling and this real authenticity around our being, then we can bring that into more complicated matters like birth work. Uh, But if we aren't really in touch with the feeling of how unique we are, how special we are, call it whatever you want, call it different, call it radical. Um, And it is many of us, it is we are not here. We are not here on this planet right now to play nice. Uh, And not that we're violent, right? But it's not a matter of like submission, and quietness and oh, I'll do as I'm told. And again, this really is all wrapped into the view of ourselves from another point, another point of view. And that's what the human race is really good at right now. Uh, People aren't feeling for themselves. They aren't thinking for themselves. And the viewpoint is, you know, whoever, whoever we see to be the authority above us. And we internalize how they see us and we live that way. So let's not be those people. Um, Let's be the women that are powerful and strong and unique and proud of it in all of our flaws, because that is what's needed. That's what's needed in birth. That's what's needed in life. That's what's needed to mother this next generation. We don't know what they'll face. Of course, we don't know what we'll face tomorrow. But it seems like the road ahead will be interesting for, you know, possibly the rest of our lives, people that are in my generation. And then these children, we don't know what lies ahead. So what better gift to give the world than your authentic self? And how that looks for you, I don't know. It doesn't mean that you're a birth worker. It doesn't mean you have to birth a baby. It doesn't mean, you know, it doesn't mean anything in particular unless you decide that that's what it means and that's what you want to offer to the world. And I think that definitely is a stumbling block in birth work. Um, you know, I talk a lot about like my version of midwifery and and this is, again, transparency here. Um, once in a while, you know, feeling like, who do I think I am? Like, why do I think I have a version I need to share? But I'm rethinking that. I'm refeeling that. And I know deeply there is a version I have to share. You don't have to love it. You don't have to accept it. 
it's there for those that resonate. So same attitude for all of us. We have to stop that little voice that says like, who do you think you are? And say, I am. I am all that. I know why I'm here because I feel it. And to continue on that note, I think if we're not feeling it, um, that's a different kind of path. Uh, I don't even know what to call that. Like, I think there is a lot of that out in the sort of self-help world, the new age, any of the spiritual stuff. I think there there is this like superficialness um, around there's still this way you're supposed to look. There's still this way you're supposed to be. And unfortunately, you know, it does overlap with a lot of the really cool things that I think I really believe in, um, witchy skills and manifestation. You know, those are deep truths to me. And I have made it happen. I have watched myself create my life. And so to me, that's real. That's a real feeling. I know how to do that. I'm happy to support other women in that because I've lived it. But again, there's like this superficial version of like, oh, just everything will be fine. Um, I'm a spiritual being, you know, some would call it spiritual bypassing, which I don't really want to get into that. But, you know, just that superficial way of like, if I just believe it to be true, it will. And that's the work. Well, I would disagree. I don't think just believing it is enough. It's actually feeling it and living it. So if you're on the midwife path, for example, um, you know, you might not quite know what your truth is because you haven't arrived there yet. And and while I say there is a point of arriving, um, of course, you know, there's also many points of departure. And I think that's healthy, too. So we don't truly arrive in this way that never changes. But yet if we're a student, if we're an apprentice, um, if we're a doula, maybe even we do travel along the path to really knowing who we are and speaking our truth and working in birth in that way. And my perception is when we do that, we are just so fully authentic. And the word confidence kind of crept in as I was making some notes. Um, To me, confidence is a fine word, but fairly superficial. So we don't just need confidence to be a midwife. Um, I think we need experience. We need deep experience. And that doesn't mean all rainbows and unicorns, as I love to say. That means just being open to what the universe wants to show us, probably for many years, serving many, many women before we really even crack open, um, you know, the wisdom chest. And we're never through the wisdom chest, of course. It's a very, very deep thing. Uh, But we sort of have to crack it open. So we do that. And we're asking for guidance at the same time and walking along this path of discovering ourselves rather than just hanging up a shingle, right? And saying like, oh, I'm a midwife because I've been to, you know, six births and I like women and I feel like I can talk to them. Um, Is that authentic, you know? No, I don't think it is from the outside, but I guess it does rest with the person that is putting that kind of stuff out in the world. But again, I think there is just that confusion of like, oh, if you're feeling um, empowered, you know, then you're powerful. And so here's another word game. You know, are those two things the same? And I would say they're definitely not. So the sense of empowerment comes and goes. Uh, and, and yes, we often use it. I've never loved to use it 
in the birth context, but people do, right? Oh, I empower women. Well, first of all, you can't really empower women, but you can show them. You can show them that and they might feel empowered and they would say, you know, maybe the woman would say, I had a great birth. Like I felt so empowered to like um, call the shots or, you know, to tell my doctor what I didn't want. That's awesome. That's so great to feel that sense of strength and confidence in yourself. And the same with birth work. Um, I learned all this stuff about midwifery and I understand, you know, I feel I feel some of it. It's not just physical. Birth is spiritual. Birth is emotional. Well, I'm a woman. I can hold space for that. And so that's awesome. That's called empowerment. And so, yes, 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 yes. But being powerful is not really in reference to a passing event or a moment in time or a scenario or like a little bit of knowledge creeps in and you're like, oh, yeah. Feeling powerful is like a deep state of being and connected and connecting with the wisdom and the strength that lies within. And I do think that kind of is part and parcel, again, of experience and um, life events. So not just birth work experience, even as a pregnant woman, you are going to go through nine months of pregnancy, you are going to gain the experience of that, whether it's one pregnancy, whether it's 10. And that can turn into true power. So that's a bit of a ramble. Not sure entirely if that made sense, but it makes sense to me in my brain that empowerment is just kind of passing. And I think people mistake it for true power and they want to like go out there and do a thing, but they're still seeing themselves from some other viewpoint most of the time. And so the empowerment kind of comes and goes. And it's not a judgment of being on that place uh, or, or on that at that place. Sorry, I can't talk today at that place on the path. Um, I certainly have been. And uh, it's just acknowledging that that doesn't necessarily mean we're ready to bring our force into the world, in my opinion. I think getting to a place of true power is what we're all after in all of the areas of our life, not just birth, not just mothering, um, that we are here to be who we are. That's the simplest way of saying it. To live, as Rumi said in this poem that I shared, right? To live your soul's calling. Is there any higher call than that? Hmm, I don't think so. Let's see. What else? What else? So I guess back to the, we can talk about birth a little bit more since... It is nice to draw those parallels. Um, you know, finding your voice as a birth worker is just extremely important to me and to Margot. And those of you that are in our school, that are in our doula program, I think you know that because we really do spend a lot of time on why, why you're here, how you want to show up, how you want to feel. And then it goes along with who do you want to work with and how do you want them to feel? Then how do you want these relationships to go? This is true power. This isn't just a passing sense of like, oh, I love birthing women. It's going to be great. Um, and again, I, it's not a judgment. That's a 
more naive um, perspective and usually a pretty early one, whether someone's a student midwife or a doula. Uh, it's just kind of like, oh, um, it's all just right here. You know, I want to do this and I'm excited. And then if you're in it long enough, and for some people, it's not even that long before they become burnt out or disillusioned or they just have that feeling like something is not right here. You know, I, I thought I loved this and I just suddenly don't really feel so passionate about it. I don't feel so connected. Well, what is your heart saying? What is your soul saying? And for some people, it's not birth work, right? Just like it isn't all the things for any of us. Um, you know, for me, years ago, it was being in music and getting to a point where when I was really, really honest with myself, this wasn't my calling anymore. And you know what? I didn't even feel sad. And speaking of other people's visions of ourselves, my mother to this day makes comments. Oh, if you only did that. Um, and you know, it's so easy to take personally, like she doesn't have appreciation for what I do now. She's stuck in this old version of me. She's not willing to see who I really am. But do I go along with it? You know, do I engage those feelings of like, oh, did I miss something? Was that my calling? Did I not realize? No. If I see myself clearly, I very much feel and see why and how I moved on from that because it just wasn't the thing for me. So with birth work, it's no different. So many women want to do it. I think it is inherently in our DNA as females, frankly, whether you've birthed or not yet. I believe most of us have in other lives, in other capacities, right? In other realities, whatever you want to say. So in this one, to feel the call to that is, I think, really super normal. I mean, if I had a, you know, whatever, a dollar for every client I've ever worked with that expressed she wanted to be a midwife, yeah, so many. And many of them go through school or start an apprenticeship and most of them quit because it's really not the soul's calling of every single person. And that's totally fine. I'm assuming if you're here, you might be different. You might be someone who really has sat with your own vision of yourself in this work. And you know that it is that you really want to expand beyond the empowerment into the powerful truth version of yourself. And I totally honor that. And that's why we're here, of course. That's why Indie Birth is here. That's why Margot and I are here. And even moving into this new venture of magical women, truly why we're here. And that, of course, will and does transcend just birth work as a topic. One last subtopic I thought of was the vision we have of ourselves as pregnant women, because I think there certainly are lots of pregnant women listening and or, again, people that work with pregnant women, and having this be a topic we talk about with them. And, you know, we don't have to plan to talk about it. If you work with pregnant women and you're paying attention and you're listening, you will hear that this comes up in all kinds of ways. Most readily in the mother wound, which I talked about on another podcast with my friend Devin, but most pregnant women have issues or scenarios or interactions or whatever around their mothers as they are growing and gestating a person, even if it's not their first, things around their mother starts to come up. 
And again, there's no right way through. There's not this is the way we counsel. It's just holding space for that woman's experience, her assessment of the situation with her mother, and her view of herself, her view of herself. Many women, many pregnant women, if you're kind of with them in something like this, um, something around their mother, and I promise you, this is pretty much everyone I've ever worked with. (laughs) It comes up in one way or another, especially with first babies. Um, You'll hear her, her synopsis of the story in a way that communicates that she's seeing herself through her mother's eyes, almost childlike, you know, um, and, and in the way she feels, which, of course, we all know that pregnancy emotions are at a heightened state. So to say that in plain English, pregnant women feel often like children. They feel like they are back in that daughter role, but their mothers are frustrating them and angering them and demeaning them, even without meaning to. And they feel kind of bad, you know, they're feeling this judgment. And of course, there's a million reasons and ways I think that comes from our mothers, especially if they have been sort of unconscious through their birth experiences, through their life. Um, But as pregnant women, we can take it on because we're not seeing ourselves for who we really are. We're not looking at ourselves often as like, I am the magical gestator of this baby. I am mother supreme. You know, I am feeling and living this mother role. Um, There's part of us that's still kind of like looking for the mother who we think we have to kind of mother us through. And one of the biggest lessons I feel like I've lived lately is that there is no mother, uh, mine included, on earth that really could have filled all the holes that I felt was needed. Um, So I don't know. Think for yourself on that. Feel for yourself on that. It's not a comment in a negative way necessarily on our mothers. It's not a bringing them down. It's simply an awareness that we even, we as human mothers, even when we are also doing the best we can, um, we can't we can't sort of like make it so for the next generation. They also have to find their own authenticity. They also have to find their own voice. And that seems to me to be part of the path of just being human because a baby is born. Of course, we love that baby. Um, and this baby looks to us for all the things. So again, even if we're doing our best, right, we're, we're nursing the baby on demand, we sleep with the baby, we're gentle, you know, gentle parenting, we're doing all the things, uh, there will be a point in time at which the child, whatever, the, ta- the teenager, you know, sort of has this realization that we are also human, we are not perfect. And I think that's a really healthy thing. I'm not sure, ultimately, why it was designed this way, other than for us each to return home, right? If home is our soul's resting place, like our true reason for being, it's outside of these roles of mother, daughter. Um, And so anyway, that's like a total blab. I don't know what you caught from that, but it's really normal. It's really normal to be pregnant and to be seeing yourself from your mother's vision. I think it's just the awareness of that the awareness of that voice creeping in and and having things even physical come up that are a manifestation of putting yourself willingly back into that daughter role because we've elevated our mothers to this, you know, putting on a pedestal thing. Um, 
which is really, really not the best way to be in relationship with any human. We have to put ourselves on that pedestal if there is one. We have to feel that way about ourselves and look to our sources of stability and nourishment around us. So again, big lesson for me in the last couple of years is to return home to earth, to nature. Um, I've always been, you know, connected to the plants, connected to the earth, but on that witchy tangent, just really remembering that the earth is our mother, that we come from earth, we go back to earth. And so it releases the need for any human to fill this ridiculously big role for us, right? I don't know how we got into all of this, but somehow I think it's all related. This idea of being unique in a really positive, self-loving way, like true self-love, not like the, you know, self-love section in the bookstore, like a true admiration for self. And again, uh, one more time, turning it back, feeling this vision of yourself to be whole and true and bright and love because that's what you are. And whether you're birthing or you're in birth work, I think we're all together in supporting each other to do just that. Let's support each other in that and see what differences we can make in the world. I know that it's already happening. I know that in my life that has, this has all, you know, been huge, um, huge amount of transformation in the last year with my ability to create a new house, a new, new land, new opportunities, a whole new life and never getting bored of doing this work. Uh, on myself and, you know, for the collective. So yes, we do it for ourselves in in the simplest way. Um, we are all that's important. I hope you know what I mean. So it is true that we are in a collective that, you know, everybody, everybody matters. Everybody is unique. But at the end of the day, and this is again where world events have totally lost me, um, at the end of the day, you can only be responsible for you. That's the truth. That's my truth. All right, everybody. I don't know. Kind of a blab. Hope you got something from it. Would love to hear from you. Would love to see you on Moon Circle Monday. And would love to see you in Berea, Kentucky in February if you want to come hang out. Have a beautiful week.